Hey there, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Zach on Film. It has been a while since we had a new episode. Two weeks, to be exact, because last week I was tired. I had just got back from Las Vegas. That is Las Vegas, Nevada. I was at the NAB uh, convention, which is National Association of Broadcasters. whole lot of, uh, of geeky, just video gear, all sorts of cameras with lenses and jibs and sliders and tripods and drones. So many drones and GoPros and action cams and, oh, lights and cameras and actions and just so, so much. It was so much fun. It was a whole lot of walking. And so that's what this whole episode is dedicated to. Uh, Steven and I had a conversation. We kind of broke down some of the bigger news items uh, that came out of the convention, a lot from uh, the different software developers and camera producers. We talked a lot about that and kind of, uh, you know, we dive into what it means and how it's influencing uh, filmmaking and just kind of my experience there. Uh, Steven used to go to NAB all the time for the company he used to work with. They used to cover it uh, as a news angle. They used to report uh, uh, as press on what the companies were doing. So he is an NAB veteran. He hasn't been for a couple of years, but uh, he went for many, many years in a row. And so we talk about our experiences. It was kind of a, uh, kind of a little different Zach on film, kind of more cas, more, more, more casual, uh, this, this week on the show, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I think if you, uh, are, are geeky into the film gear, then this is totally, uh, something that you can enjoy. Uh, or if you just kind of uh, enjoy our inside baseball discussions about filmmaking, uh, by the way, inside baseball. Someone's got to tell me where that term came around. I don't. People just started using it. I think one day and just caught, caught, just catch, caught fire, catch, caught fire, and everyone's been using it now. Uh, someone's got to tell me where that came from. Anyways, uh, we talk a lot about film gear and NAB in Vegas and just all sorts of shenanigans. So here's that episode. Enjoy it. Steven, there was no show last week. I know, because... right? What's going on, man? You're slacking. <sighs> I know. This is, you know, I put you, in charge of a, put you in charge of a show, and the first thing you do is just run off to Vegas for a week. I know. I was in Vegas looking at all these cool camera stuff that all these movies we watch are shot on. Did you enjoy your trip to Vegas? I That's really not your first did. time there, though, right? No, it wasn't my first That's time there. That's your first there. time there as a grown-up? It is. It is my first time there as a legal adult, as so defined by the government. And you were there by yourself, no wife encumbering uh, you, weighing you down. My, you could just, like, run around being crazy. My mom and stepdad were there for oh. uh, when I got there until they left early Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. So I actually got them uh, exhibit passes and they walked the floor with me. Oh, cool. That's Monday. nice of you. Yeah. Well, exhibit passes for the floor are, are, I mean, for people who are interested ever in going to the National Association of Broadcasters Convention, so many companies give away oh, yeah, that's what uh, I gave floor them. passes. Yeah. And it's it's great to walk the floor for a day and just see all of the technologies that are there. I've been I have covered NAB for a better part of a decade mm-hmm. from uh, ninety nine through I think the last time I went to NAB was like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, almost a decade of uh, of walking that long huge oh, convention hall. <laughs> Seeing all the cool things and, and yeah. know what's going on. And, and people may be thinking, well, what does broadcasting have anything to do with film? And the first year that I went to uh, NAB was the first year that uh, Sony introduced the, um, uh, what was it, the uh, Cine Alta system. Mm-hmm. And it was great because George Lucas came up on stage and was talking about how he was using this to, or he had used it in the making of Star Wars Episode One, and how he thought at the time 
moving away from film and moving away from a tape-based system and moving everything into a digital format was going to be the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of scoffed at him. Ah, well, film will never go away, blah, 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 blah. And then the next year, <laughs> the uh, the Genesis system, or maybe it was a few years later, the Genesis system came out that they used mm-hmm. to shoot uh, Man of Steel on. And uh, this year they had, what was the newest one? Was it Ari that had the big uh, one that they were shooting portions of the uh, Avengers on? Uh Yes, the Ari Alexia yeah, yeah, that was one. came out with some interesting cameras. A lot of the big companies debuted new cameras that pretty much anything you watch now are going to be mm-hmm. shot on. Um, the Red debuted a new camera. Mm-hmm. Black Magic debuted two new cameras. Canon uh, released their new film. Their mm-hmm. C five hundred, C three hundred Mark II. Yeah, and the C one hundred got an update as well. I believe. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, we talk about films, and they are all being shot mostly. Digitally, probably yeah. 80% and of all films the, are being shot well, digitally. Well, I would say it's more than 90, that. Uh, maybe. You know, uh, with the exception of some purists like Christopher Nolan, yeah. uh, things are shot digitally now. Yeah. And they're projected digitally, and the workflow is all digital. So mm-hmm. it's weird. It's And again, I, I have gone, and some of our, and probably many of our listeners have gone through this period of when I was in college, I was still shooting many projects on film. Mm-hmm as well as video, and I went through a three-quarter phase to a beta phase, not the beta max, but beta, beta SP yeah. phase. And then uh, I was there and witnessed uh, Sony unveil the mini DV format when I was in Atlanta and saw people scoff, but instantly saw how that changed. And then we were mini DV for years until, you know, we started recording onto hard drives from Panasonic. Yeah. And then we were recording onto Compact Flash with Canon, which was one of the first digital SLR cameras. And now today with Blackmagic and and the uh, Atomos Ninjas and, and uh, heck, even these little cameras oh, that we have right nice. now where we're recording on micro SDs, GoPros mm-hmm. and everything, uh, we, have, we have moved away from the days of tape-based systems to just working totally in a digital environment. And I, and I really, really dig it. Yeah. On so many it's different really levels, cool. I dig it. Yeah. It's really great to be on the floor – and you, uh, well, one, you underestimate the size of this place, yeah, first yeah, yeah. off. It is ginormous. Yeah, the Las Vegas Convention Center. <laughs> so about. I didn't get, uh, we were, uh, this is going to be kind of insider baseball on NAB, but i never been there before, obviously. Mm-hmm. i never been to the convention center before. And so we walk into the main place, and it's a South Hall. You know, I see Red and Black Magic have these huge studios, and we walk around there for, right. and I had a couple of sessions to get to, which is just right above there. We walked around there for most of the day. I was like, you were in South Hall. Is what yeah, in right. South yeah. Hall. I was like, where is Canon? Yeah. Where? Are, oh, they're where, way over at the North Hall. I'm like, and I pull out my thing. And they're, they're in Central Hall. Oh, like, where's Central Hall? Central Hall? Yeah. And like, we had to go outside. Yeah, and yeah. you have the this is a huge, huge facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting when you get to those production sides, especially like Central Hall this year, where you walk over to Canon, you look at mm-hmm. all their booth, and you walk over to Zeiss, and you look at all the the lenses they're. Right. Uh, they're putting on all these these cameras, and you bounce over to another place, and these are you piece all these things together, and this is what our movies are being shot on. Yeah, you just look yeah. at these different boobs, like you get to handle all this equipment. Yeah. I mean, I probably touched what? so much money equipment. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's <laughs> the thing. You can walk up to I, you, you can walk up to 
a camera that has a million dollar lens on it. Yeah. And you can play around with that lens. You can yeah. point it, you can shoot it, you can see what the zoom ratio is, you can check it all out, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can do yeah. everything to it. And it's like, that's equipment that I would never be able to afford. No. But it's certainly fun to run around and see some of these uh, lenses that they use in Major League Baseball and news broadcasts yeah. and, and everything. Um, I think the f- it wasn't the first year, but it was one of the early years that uh, I went to NAB was the year that the Canon had unveiled their um, XL2, which is the camera that looks very oh, much yeah. like the old film camera. Yeah, it's a nice camera. And the XL1 just really blew people's minds. But when the XL2 was released, uh, that was such a jump in what they were doing. Uh, even as press, going to their booth, it was 30 people deep really? from, from the camera because so many people were trying to crowd around wow. and use that camera and touch that camera. And I could not see the camera as far back as I was. And even with press credentials, as we were trying to talk with our press contacts there, they're like, I'm sorry, we just cannot get you any closer to the camera unless you guys want to just wade through wow. this line. It's like, I'm not, I mean, it was packed. Imagine the the Canon booth, mm-hmm. packed as it was, 20 people deep. That's crazy. I know, it's crazy. But did you run into any booths this year that the, were that way? I was really kind of expecting Black Magic to be super no. crowded. I well, was the expecting thing with- the... Um, um, I expected Blackmagic, Sony, and Canon to be really packed booths this year. The the thing with Blackmagic is they must have been a huge sponsor of NAB this year because they had a huge flag out in front yeah. draped over the convention center. And they had, oh, geez, the biggest booth, I mm-hmm. think, of the year. Oh, so really? They were, they, yeah. They were right. You, know, you walk in South Hall, and they're mm-hmm. right, right when you walk in. Yeah, I saw them right by the restrooms. huge space. Oh, no, that was Kessler that was by the restrooms. Oh, yeah. They had a huge, uh, big space for Black Magic. They were really spread out, and there was always a lot of people there, mm-hmm. but they had a huge space. Well, and the other thing, too, is in, when we talk about some of these companies, you have to remember that if we're talking about Black Magic, uh, Black Magic has all these switching devices and high-end broadcast yeah. gear, and then they have their prosumer-level stuff, like yeah. the Black Magic... Um, What's the cinema camera? What's the little square camera that you were all hot for? Oh, um, I don't remember. You remember which, you know which one I'm yeah, talking, you're about, talking there, about. Yeah, you're talking about, yeah. And so you have everything in between. I mean, they have a whole line. Blackmagic has this whole line of high-end monitors yeah. for color grading. Mm-hmm. You know, So people don't think it's like, well, why would they have such a huge camera for these, or a huge, um, huge booths for the new mini that they have, which look pretty sweet, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's because companies like Canon and Panasonic, they have high-end broadcast stuff that you would not even know what it was if you looked mm-hmm. at it. And then you find out that it's some timer, uh, retiming device uh, that goes in the bottom of some satellite truck somewhere. Yeah. And they're, yeah. and that's one of the big display units that they have. So yeah. if, if, and again, for people who've never been to NAB, that's, it's really kind of an eye-opening experience. When you see so much product at a booth, oh and you're gosh. thinking, "Oh, these guys yeah. are just going to have cameras." Oh no, they're going to have no. every camera, every lens, every every product that they have mm-hmm. for broadcast and film professionals. To give you, uh, and I'll get back to the biggest crowd here in a second. Sure. But to give a, an idea of just like the playability at these booths, I mean, Canon. So Canon had Photo Gear. Mm-hmm. They had all of their cameras displayed, and the thing is. They're, you're not just pointing this thing at people. They build right. sets yeah, yeah, yeah. and they hire actors who yeah, sit, sit in there for day. ten days. Yeah, I, this is the same people every booth. I can't remember what booth it was. So uh, I think it was Canon where they had a guy just chopping 
food all day and they're just talking he's like another oh, mile yeah. across the booth and they're just talking all day they don't mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. they just kind of sit there so that you can walk up and start playing their cameras and pull yep. focus and zoom yep. in and and you'll notice that uh, sony for years had some weird jungle tiki thing going on um, and the reason why they did that was because you can get all these different colors in one spot yeah. so that would allow you to look at color color and, and judge Canon the color had that the, i think yeah, this yeah. year um but so canon and their booth they probably had no less than 30 cameras positioned out through they had a wide booth that was spread out weird mm-hmm. but they had probably no less than 20 or 30 cameras cool. set out with diff, each camera is set up differently yeah they either have a different body different lens different monitor mm-hmm. every that's what every, every every configuration you can do yeah they each each uh booth each camera producer had probably a 32 inch monitor mm-hmm. and then I'm like an eight inch monitor on the camera that you yeah. could all watch. And so they're not just on the camera. They're like, look at this thing. Look at this yeah, thing. Yeah. Look at this thing. Look at the thing. So they had, I mean, they had everything. I mean, it was just crazy. But the biggest crowd besides the Atomos giveaways at the end of the day, oh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. drew a lot of people, uh, the biggest crowd I remember seeing at a booth was for this company called, uh, 3D Robotics. Oh, yeah, the new camera, right? They have, or the, the new, new drone. The new drone, the yeah. solo drone. Yeah. We were just walking past, and there's this huge crowd, and it was on the first day, and they were given like, one of the big first presentations of it, and there was a lot of people crowding around So the idea thing. behind this drone, and here, you know, uh, I've been talking before about the DJI Phantom, which I have. Mm-hmm. Now, DJI unveiled the Phantom 3, Very which nice. has got the 4K camera built in. But the thing about yep. this solo is it's basically automatic flight, where it will follow yeah. you around... Yeah, uh, where you want it to go, and you don't have to worry about it. It takes care of everything else. Whenever There's a lot of different flies. settings they have built into this, and they have, they call it selfie mode, which is essentially right. it'll follow you around. Right uh, now, there was a, there was another company. Though. They talk about the 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 technology behind it because there was a company I want to say like two years ago called I want to say Black Dog, but that's not it. But it was basically a company that was selling these quadcopters that you wore a thing on your arm and it tracked you and followed you wherever you went, always Mm. kept the camera trained on you and all this stuff. So when I saw the news of that, I was like, oh, I'm wondering if they're incorporating that technology from that other I have seen uh, the guy that went last year told me about this technology and I found him again. Um, I can't remember their name. They have a thing like that that you attach to, like your tripod head or mm-hmm. your your uh, your gimbal mount and your mm-hmm. thing. You attach. You wear a marker oh, on yeah, your yeah. body. They, they've been running a lot of those. Like, follow on me. The, or... Yeah, they've been running a lot of those on the YouTube. Really, right now, a lot of commercials for that. Yeah, and it's so like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, it'll pan around. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, but so this solo drone uh, is really freaking awesome. Is it bigger than the DJI Phantom? No, it's smaller. Uh, yeah, probably just a little bit smaller. Now, it's, it's pretty comparable of, in size. Now, does it have its own integrated camera? Or does it use a GoPro? Or it, what uses it, use? a, it uses a GoPro. I think the thing about the Solo that I think is a real big draw is that it's future-proof. Hmm. And so that's why I think they don't have an integrated camera. Where uh, you buy the you can buy the base model. I think it's going to be $9.99 for the base model. And then you have to buy the, uh, the 3-axis gimbal. gimbal yeah. And then it doesn't come with a GoPro. Right. So the, Go, the gimbal, I think, is another... 300 mm-hmm. you tack that on there so they don't that's why i think they don't include the camera on there is because they want you to well even if gopro comes with another high-res camera you want to be able to slap it on there yeah, and go yeah, with yeah. it yeah and so um but that the same thing with the engine uh if they come out with a more high-powered engine you can pull yours out put it oh in. that's cool yeah um so there's a lot of good things to go along with it the controller for the solo has a one gigahertz linux 
processor inside of it. It's tracking all of your moves. Right. That also will uh, logarithmically like move your camera smooth in and out oh, cool. of things and taking in and flights. And you can program different flights into there. So you can move into one position, hit your A button. Yeah, yeah. Fly to a different position, hit your A button. Mm-hmm. And then it'll fly that path automatically. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of cool. So a lot of good things in there. A lot of people were super excited about that one. Was, uh, was there any talk or did you hear or did you go to any uh, sessions about uh, drones and their use in, in <laughs> drone uh, drones were the thing. I'm Everyone sure. had a drone. People were giving any booth give give a big big uh, big uh, giveaway. It was giving out a drone. I went to uh, at least one presentation on drones. Um, they had a drone pavilion. Mm-hmm. There's I think four flight cages that different companies yeah. had set up besides the main one people can do presentations at. Yeah, uh, one of the. Uh, I was at Shutterstock's booth listening to a thing on drones, and one of the DJI guys brought up a, a, a lawyer who was working for the Obama administration over drones, mm. and she just started her own firm to help people with drone, get their, their, their uh, license. whatever their license to do. So it looks like FCC. we're going to have to go get licensed for everything. Uh, no, it, this is, she was just setting up to help people with the paperwork to get oh, approved, okay. to get that new license thing you have to yeah, get yeah. right now. Ugh. Um. So that was big. People were all over that. I mean, Blackmagic released the Mini Ursa, mm-hmm. which is essentially, they say, designed for drones because it's all completely remote oh, yeah, controlled. It's really small. So it's, yeah, it's very small. I mean, it's probably like one and a half GoPros or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tiny. Yeah. Um, so they say it's kind of designed for that drone technology. So that is a big, big thing. Mm hmm. Uh, so what I'm, I'm curious, I mean, there was, I mean, there's too much to cover all the yeah. big things. I mean, I'm, I, did you even go into the North hall and see all the like no. satellites uh, and antennas I, uh, and I, all the microphones that they that have up there? That is where they were doing a lot of the weird offshoot conferences, like Sprocket, oh, like yeah, Upstart yeah. thing was there and New Media Expo had some people. Oh yeah, like New Media Expo was going blogging. on. Yeah, that was going on at the same time. So yeah. did you run into Brian Ibbett who won a I lot didn't. of awards? No, uh, I saw there. He cleaned up, feed, Brushwood yeah. cleaned up. Uh, no, I never saw him. Uh, but yeah, they were there too. So that wasn't much in the North Hall. I ventured over there. I think like mid. It doesn't Wednesday. look like there's much over there, but it's it's like it's that's still where a big they, space. That's where they put all their like satellites and antennas and all their like. There was a lot of that hardcore stuff in the outside upper pavilion. south. Oh really? Oh okay. no, outside pavilion. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I walked in between uh, center Central and hall and, yeah, and yeah. north, and that's where everything was. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm curious, what were the things that you were, when you were told that you were going to go to NAB, what were the things that you were most interested in seeing or doing at this as, uh, as far as the technology side or just in general? Well, in general, I just really wanted to see all these cameras I've seen online mm-hmm. and get my hands on them to see what they're like. So getting to see a red camera and, uh, um, see what the imaging that can come out of there, same with a black magic and a Canon and see all that thing uh was really really interesting to me um i mean dang i learned that i don't understand i haven't learned much about because yeah, yeah. all the formats you always hear about workflow and workflow and workflow you don't understand mm-hmm. what those what they're really meaning about workflow until you get there and they're right like, here's what our workflow is because you have to figure out how to handle these huge files yeah, and yeah. um so getting a better grasp at that was really interesting uh, it was pretty much just see all the technology that I don't get to see mm-hmm. in any day. Drones, these cameras, lenses, jibs, sliders. Um, actually, one of the things I really got interested in that I did, never expected walking in was 
the monitor recorders, like the Atomos systems oh, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. I never, I'd heard of Atomos before. I've got one over here. Do you really? Yeah. It's one of the first first ones that they had. It's yeah. The, it's not even, uh, they don't even make it anymore, but I'm using it with my Canon. Yeah. It's great. They are awesome. They have a new, what, Samurai Blade or whatever. It's called uh, the Shogun. Shogun, that's what it it's, is. It's uh, like $1,300, records 4K, 4K raw. Yeah. Um, thing is, though, you're, that's the, I guess the thing that people don't know is that your camera has to be able to... Output the 4K. Output 4K. Yeah. So you can't hook it up to your Canon 5D Mark <laughs> no. II or whatever, no. Mark III, and expect to get uh, a 4K output onto this yeah. device. So if you've got a camera, and what's nice about these is it's a digital hard drive, essentially, where you're recording direct to the hard drive, mm-hmm. and you bypass all the internal mechanisms of the camera. So if you have a direct out that bypasses um, you know, the sensor processing, you can get that raw... Mm-hmm. video right onto your hard drive, take the hard drive, and then go right to your edit. Yeah. You don't have to worry about little cards. You don't have to worry about uh, data transfers or anything like that. And the other thing nice about the uh, the Shogun and their um, Samurai and their Ninjas systems is the monitors on there is it really serves as nice. a secondary outboard yeah. monitor for you. And it's fantastic. And now the later models all incorporate... Uh, scopes so you can check on your levels and your brightness and yep. all that kind of stuff. Check on your color. They're fantastic little systems. I think with the the Shogun, you can actually load your LUTs in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, those are really good. And so the, I mean, so there's always like the big company, and then there's like ten smaller ones that are doing yeah, the same thing. The so same then you thing. walk around, you get to see theirs and see mm-hmm. where they're all kind of similar. That, that kind of. Did you go? I'm just curious. Did you go into like the the dark corners of NAB and find all these little oh, tiny yeah. companies and see what they were, yeah, what it they was, were selling. I was really interested because you would see like uh, uh, the France Pavilion. Mm-hmm. We have all these fr- French companies yeah, yeah. and they're just like all grouped together. But yeah, I walked the whole floor. I, I talked to a lot of people from different countries, which is where you find a lot of interesting yeah, a lot of things interesting products or are things yeah. that are cheaper. Yeah. Um, I remember my first hard disk recorder came from this little company. The guy saw that I was with press and he's like, oh, uh, here's our company, City Disk. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of the very first hard disk recorders. And uh, let me send you a unit. And so I brought it. I think you probably, we used it in class a couple of times oh, yeah. uh, years ago. But it was like, oh, wow. And I found this in these one of these little recesses mm-hmm. of NAB, not yeah. on the main thoroughfare, but off uh, to the side, tucked away, are these little booths that are just selling these these products yeah. that are more than likely the companies there showing their technology because they're small and they're off to the side because they can't afford a big space. But what oh. they're developing are things that are coming up. Yeah. So I was walking through... And there's this thing called Axiom. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. The open source yeah. camera, yeah, which I've never heard camera. of before. This has been... Um, it's been going on for a while. It's been going on for a couple of years now. I want to say that this is a... I, I thought they were doing something with Kickstarter they at did. one point. They did. They do a Kickstarter. So yeah. they had their first model there. So this is an open source I camera. they had a version of it there last year, too. That's, that's possible, because I know yeah. the one... That I They had two versions there, and the one I saw that was on the main display was yeah. their older one. Right. So it's an open source camera mm-hmm. that pretty much allows you to do anything. You can get any sensor you want in there. I think everything they had there was super 35mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it allows you to put any mounts you on there for any lenses you want, and it looks like a, just a... Yeah, big old you just look like a giant, like, I don't know, like a box with, like a, a, lens box yeah. with a lens, and you have all your computer parts in there. And um, so they had a big one that was probably like five inches or six inches by four inches. Mm-hmm. And that was their first model. And then another one that was probably four by three. And then this, they should add some stuff on there 
um, where it looks like a kind of a regular camera now, but even smaller than like a red or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. really interesting just to see what, that weird stuff in the corner you talk about that uh, you didn't think you'd ever find. The thing that, but then there's also some uh, big corporations with some big announcements. Obviously, we were talking about Canon earlier and uh, some of the others. Apple surprisingly had something that uh, kind of took me by surprise. And they weren't even there. Well, they they haven't been for the last couple of years because yeah. they're just like, look, everybody's already using our stuff, so why do we need yeah. to go? And we at the time they were the attitude was, well, we're number one, so we don't need to show up. And they were putting a lot of pressure on Avid mm-hmm. and uh, and on others. Now I can't find my my link to my story, but. Um, Apple showed oh, off a new... Uh, the new uh, motion graphics thing, right? Not the motion graphics thing, although that's, oh. that's kind of cool. I'm talking about their uh, depth compositing with their... Shoot, what the... Oh, you know what? I didn't see that at the show. I saw that a couple days ago, but I didn't read anything about it. Yeah, this is their, this is their uh, light. I want to say light bridge, but that's not it. God dang it. I just had the article up earlier tonight. Oh, here's... Um, boop, boop, boop. you light field technology this is something that's been around for a couple of years and what it does is it sends out a little laser that records depth how far things are away and it returns data in a black and white um, image but things that are closer to you are white and or yeah things that are closer to you are white and as they recede from you they go into black So if I was looking at you, your nose would be a lot whiter than your eyes would be. Mm. And then the door behind you would be a darker shade of gray and everything around you would be different shades of gray, depending on how close you are to the camera, to Mm -hmm. the lens. And what you can do with this, and and we can already do this in uh, After Effects and other compositing applications, is you can then adjust depth of field on those things. So for 3D compositing, it's great because if I say, oh, I want to put something in between Zach and the door over there, I can do that. And then if I want to blur out the background more, blur out Zach Mm -hmm. more, I can do all that. So that's been available, but it's, you know, Z-depth compositing is kind of a a cool thing. But to be able to pull that stuff off live has not been possible easily because we don't have the technology now uh, adobe showed this off a few years ago there was a camera no it was adobe that showed this off i want to say four years ago where it was this lens that you took the you took a picture but it was made up of a bunch of little tiny lenses so the information you got allowed you to adjust focus fix your focus if you were slightly out of focus Mm -hmm. do better depth of field all sorts of stuff but what this uh uh, z depth uh patent that apple has uh applied for means that we can bring that now into our edit system. And if it's ever attached onto a physical camera, mm-hmm. oh, man, special effects are going to be so much easier because green screen technology will be a thing of the past because all I have to do is put you up in front of a wall, shoot oh, you, yeah. and then say, hey, look, here's where Zach ends, and there's this five-foot gap before the, the wall is. Take out all that stuff, and it's going to be fantastic. So I was kind of interested that they hmm. showed that. I'm going to be kind of sad that it's Apple... Uh, doing the patent on this and having the uh, property on this because this is really something that needs to go on front of cameras like the red, like the Genesis, like the, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. like Sony's and and Canon's and whatever. So um, I was excited to finally see that. You should look into more of that because it's, it's really cool light field technology. In fact, I remember going to a, 
like a construction builders convention. That's one of the trades that we were covering one year. Mm -hmm. And they were showing this light field technology where this big laser was mounted on there. And they're like, we can map an entire room in about five seconds. And this this laser would shoot all across the floor and they'd bring it up into this and create an instant 3D model out out of it as well. But Z-depth compositing is really important when we're talking about uh, uh, putting in special effects and stuff. So that was kind of cool. Um, Avid introduced a free version of Media Composer. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be sending out free uh, uh, software now. Uh, I believe Blackmagic's Resolve put out a yeah, free... Yeah, DaVinci Resolve, yeah. Yeah, put out a free usable software also, mm-hmm. um, which is good because it allows people to get their hands on this software and test it out and it allows students to get something on there without having to pluck down all the money. Well, and here's, it's it's kind of twofold, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You get a chance to use our software, this award-winning industry, you know, standard, not industry standard since there's more than one company yeah. doing this, but you get to use this industry-accepted technology. Well, if you go to a school that is solely avid, mm-hmm. well, guess what? When you graduate, you're going to get hired by companies that use avid technology. Yeah. You know, at Fort Hay State, uh, for years, my push was we need to have everybody learning on all three systems, of the three A's, Apple, Avid, and Adobe. Because mm-hmm. if you know how to edit on Premiere and Final Cut and uh, Avid, you'll be able to go get a job anywhere because mm-hmm. it won't matter the technology because you'll have it. Well, Fort Hay State it had a big announcement at, uh, at NAB this past week in that they are the only school in the nation – that provides training for the entire line of Avid products from mm. from bottom to top. And it was a big unveil and a big uh, release. And I guess the, they was very well accepted. I'm glad that those guys were finally able to uh, to bring it all together. But it's they're now an official Avid institution. Mm-hmm. And they're doing everything exclusively on Avid now. So that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's good for them. But yeah. uh, I, I still say that the more tools you know, the it better helps. off you're going to be. Because, uh, again... Uh, you know, I've I've had people tell me for years, oh, Avid, 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 you got to have everything on Avid. And then uh, you went to the Saturday Night Live workflow presentation. Are, oh, they, yeah. are they using Avid? No, no, no. They're, using, they're, all they're on, on, on Adobe, Adobe, on a Premiere. Yeah. So, yeah, I like when people say, oh, no, everybody uses Avid. Saturday Night Live is not using Avid. No, uh, they're all split. NFL is using Sony products. Yeah. And so it's 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 funny to see those. Yeah, that's the items. interesting thing at NAB, especially seeing it through... Uh, my parents' eyes when they were there walking the floor, like this all looks the same. How do you choose? Oh, really? Like, well, you know, especially with uh, like the technology and sliders and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, this all looks mm-hmm. the same. How you choose? Like, well, eventually, it's just like whatever your preference is, and right. you just kind of go with that until someone else is like, no, let's try this for a second, and then you kind of see the benefits of that, and you switch mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. You went to a couple of uh, panel presentations. I did go to uh, three of the main panel presentations. Uh, one, like Stephen said, was the editor, whose name I can never remember, from uh, Saturday Night Live's film unit, who edits uh, anything you see, all of the short films they do, the agency, that sweet rock uh, Bambi one that was on earlier yeah, this yeah. year. He they does they he does all that stuff. So they talk about their workflow and how semi-chaotic it is and they get scripts Wednesday and they pre-plan on all Thursday they shoot Friday he had still 3 in the morning on Saturday uh, 3 3 a.m. Saturday and then uh, goes and sleeps for 7 hours come back 10 a.m. and do it all on Saturday on Saturday they finish roughly anywhere from 10 minutes till final air or 
10 seconds between final air and they just talked about that it was really yeah. interesting and talk about his workflow adam epstein is who you're thinking yes adam epstein uh so he does a lot of great work then um oh i'm gonna forget his name he's the director of photography from uh all of wes anderson's films and his name is robert um cripes probably should have looked it up before we started his name is robert yeoman (laughs) yeah robert yeoman uh dop's all of wes anderson's films since bottle rocket all the way up to uh, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. He mm-hmm. actually flew into Vegas from New York, where he was doing pre-production with Paul Feige on Ghostbusters. Oh. So he's shooting Ghostbusters. Excellent. Didn't give us any information. Probably so sad. not. Yeah. No. Uh, and so what was the other panel you went to? And the final one I went to was called YouTube to Film or something like that. And it uh, featured Ryan Connolly mm-hmm. of Film uh, Riot. And then... The other two guys who are big that I can never I've actually Which never ones? knew them before. Oh, uh, the, the uh, two guys, Sam and Nico, it's Sam from, and Nico. Um, God dang it, whatever their channel is, um, blowstuffup.org. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, then, but, <laughs> so yeah, Freddie Wong is Rocket Jump. I don't think he was. Freddie there. Wong was not on this panel. He was doing other things there though. And then uh, one of the guys from Red Giant who also does Corridor their Digital films. is there. Yeah, Corridor Digital group. And then um, who was the third one? Red Giant, you said his oh, name Oh, Red earlier. Giant, Aaron Rabin- uh, Rabinowitz? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a great panel. Talked a lot about how, um, where they got their passion from and utilizing YouTube to build a community and mm-hmm. just to show things and how great it is to just make something get done with it. And you can't sit there for a year just futzing over it. You just kind of right, create something and move it. on and you just yeah. keep going and going and going. And a lot of people asked what they're looking for in the future. A lot of it's feature film and... Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good just to hear about uh, what those guys and uh, what it's like to create things like that on a consistent basis. Next, you talked about crowdfunding because uh, Corridor Digital has uh, Patreon. They do have Patreon. Um, and so that's and that's interesting for them to talk about the financial standpoint of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a good panel also. Good, good. So uh, was there something there that was really surprising for you? I mean, I guess you saw my son there. That was very surprising. I was in the NAB bookstore looking at a couple of books, and I, and I looked up, and on the back of uh, the Adobe After Effects Classroom book, I go, hey, that's Steven's son. <laughs> uh, yeah, which, I mean, I've known Steven uh, as written for these books, but when you're in Vegas and you're at NAB, the last thing you, little, you think you're going to see is a cute little kid in a red cape that you know. Uh, so that was really interesting. Um, yeah, besides I think that, I've talked about it before. I don't know. I don't know if people know, but I've been writing the Adobe After Effects Classroom in a book series uh, as one of the contributors for that for probably a decade now. I say I know at least since uh, I got to school. Since uh, we're on the CC series now, but back when it was the CS, I think my first one may have been. Was that no? I think three? I did. I think I did the Adobe six six five oh, versions, really? and then we went to Adobe seven, and then we went to CS three four five then CC, then CC 2014. So it's, I've got a good 10 books yeah. under my belt. So Yeah, so that was really interesting. Do you know Taryn? Do you know Taryn uh, Gillum? No. No, okay. No, I don't know. I, the Taryn well, Gillum's she, was, she had just finished. She was one of my early students. She was one of my first students at Fort Hayes. Uh, so that had been like 2001 to mm-hmm. 2005 if she was there for four years. 
um, I used her in the very first edition of the book that I worked oh, really? on. So yeah, it's been over ten years. That's my, funny. My God, has it been ten years since I've been doing this? So yeah, I thought that was funny. You're like, hey, what's this kid doing? <laughs> um, what else did I see that was surprising? Well, let me see. I couple, couple of these things out. Uh, the free fly Moby system. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, the, the yeah, gimbal. This is the one that. Uh, What's really cool about it? I, I love the Movies. I mean, I've got a uh, I've got a three axis gimbal uh-huh. uh, called the Ghost. It's a kind of a just a third party kind of yeah. system. Yeah, oh, I remember you got that. But um, what uh, Movi introduced was this system where you don't have to have a little remote control to pan and tilt the uh, the uh, camera on mm-hmm. the head. Instead, you're just sitting there. And if you want to pan to the to the left, you just turn the yeah. little handheld unit to the left. If you want to pan to the right, you turn it to the right, tilt up to down, you know, do whatever you want to do. And the camera operator, all they have to do is follow the action with uh, the movie. They don't have to worry about focusing or a certain distance away. All of that's taken care of with this other system. And uh, it is so simple to use that one of the demos that they had was um, uh, the director, they had a runner. And they wanted to show how simple it was. So this female runner is running through the woods, twisting around, twisting and turning up and down, going all around it. And then at the end of uh, her run, they're like, here, you take this unit. Mm. I'm going to run and you control the camera. She's like, I don't know about this. And boom, she got it instantly. Yeah. They gave it to the director's kids. The kids knew instantly how this thing worked. This was fantastic. It's really cool. I cannot wait to see the knockoffs for this because yeah. the movie is a very expensive uh, three-axis gimbal. Yeah. Uh, that spun off, and I want to say it's like uh, $10,000, $20,000, I think, for the high-end yeah, system. Yeah, something like that. Then, you know, you have other companies like DJI who have introduced the Ronin, which is significantly yeah. cheaper. They introduced the Ronin 2 or whatever, which mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then you have all these little third-party people that are like, oh, all this software is open source to yeah. to put on these uh, put in these gimbals. And uh, they were making their own. That's I got mine off of a Kickstarter several years ago. But mine doesn't have any way to control it remotely, mm-hmm. so I have to pan and tilt and do whatever. Yeah, it's really great. I got some, but the Ronin footage. allows you to have an external oh, uh, controller to let you pan, tilt, and all that stuff. And now the Mo- Movi does it. I can't wait to see this Movi technology get not ripped off, but imitated by the yeah. other companies because it'll come down in price. Oh yeah, I really want to get a Ronin. I have some footage of them doing the Movi, where there's one guy holding this little two handled thing, mm-hmm. and they have. I think like six of the movie set up and they just have these paper like wooden airplanes in there. And so he's just going like this and all of the airplanes are just following all yeah, this yeah, moment yeah. standing like five feet behind all of them. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I really want to get one of those Ronins. Um, In fact, bes- I got a project I need to work on. There you go. I really need to use one of those. Um, besides that, interesting things. I almost won a DJI. Ugh. A guy was picking business cards out of a bucket, picked up two. One of them was mine, dropped it. Read the other name. I was very sad about that. Oh, you should have gone up and said, but I, but my card was but, also but, drunk. But, but, Can I have a bonus prize? Please. And this was what, for a Phantom? Uh, yeah, Phantom 2 Plus Vision. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. That's, that's got a, what, a 2.5K camera in it, or is that the... Um, or have they moved everything up to 4K now? 4K is the next... I think 4K is with the 3. I think the 2, it was either 2K or just 1080. Okay. Well, not the 2 Plus wouldn't have been. Oh, it wasn't? It was 2K yeah, then? it would have been at least 2K, yeah. Yeah, um... It's crazy to think how far we went up in K's, like, jumped so quick. Well, yeah, there, and again, there was this time eight. where we were making this, well, we were making the migration to HD 
since the 80s, yeah. right? since the 70s. Oh, yeah. But, you know, HD just wouldn't take off, wouldn't take off, wouldn't take off. And then uh, the government basically forced everybody to move from analog to digital, and mm-hmm. HD was already there. But the time that we've moved from HD as a generally accepted uh, format, which would only be like 2001, 2002, something oh, like yeah. that, to now where we're at 4K resolution and you can buy 4K monitors, uh, TV sets, and mm-hmm. whatnot for your home for stunning, spectacular footage. I mean, Apple has been rumored to be coming out with an 8K resolution monitor yeah. uh, very soon. And um, it's not going to be surprising that, well, of course, many of the cameras that you saw were already shooting in 8K or 6K at the very least. Some of those cameras were already shooting Some of them in 8K. Are, there is a, red seems to push the K faster yeah, yeah. than anyone. Yeah. If they can get their product released. No, that shouldn't say that. <laughs> there was a time where it was like, when will this product yeah. be released? Um, but yeah, they, they jump that up very quickly. Yeah. Um, I am going to bet that by next year we will be seeing 10K uh, stuff being shot. Yeah. So this is going to be, uh, well, maybe even 12. So it'll be four times the resolution of film resolution, mm-hmm. and it's going to be stunning, and it'll be it'll be just like looking through a window out into the world. Yeah. Uh, red, and not of a film thing, but broadcasting, mm-hmm. they were on display with their 4K broadcasting. Yes. Uh, so that was a big deal. In North Hall, actually, I saw an 8K video. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it's a huge screen. Yeah, yeah. It was... I think it's the Kinda one that they showed it. Kind of looking into it. I think it's the one that they had at CES. Oh, uh, maybe. From a few months ago. Yeah, 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 it was really clear yeah. looking into it. Adobe announced a whole bunch of new uh, software updates, oh, yes. and uh, the character animator, you know, yeah. you were one of my students, and of course, being able to write these books, I have access to all the software ahead of time yeah. as a beta user. So the day that Adobe says, okay, you guys can start talking about this now, I always come into class and say, yeah. hey, guys, let me show you this stuff. So... Uh, I went into class uh, the Friday that you were in the air, I think, or whatever. It was, the, oh, yeah. it was It was like, well, maybe it was Wednesday. I forget what it, whatever day Adobe said it was okay to talk about. And I went in and said, hey, guys, let me show you character animator. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah. Oh, yeah. It was really funny watching them do that stuff on, because they, they had talked about that for a while. Yeah, they yeah, rumored about it. For a, a year, it was under yeah, some one, weird of their beta Max, name. one yeah. of their Max conferences that they had. And so seeing them that was really interesting. Adobe's putting out a lot of good stuff. Especially, I think Premiere, they've kind of consolidated a lot of their uh, coloring space from Speedgrade mm-hmm. and put a lot of stuff in Premiere, which is really nice. Uh, and uh, you've seen that morph transition. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is... To help your jump cuts. Yeah, that yeah, was really freaky cool. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Adobe put a lot of cool stuff. I've got it all here, Zach. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, NAB. That is a crazy fun time. Oh, thing I never thought I would try. I tried virtual uh, reality. I put on Oculus the, for the first time. Yeah, I heard that there was a lot of that. There was a, actually were a couple booths with that. Uh, this was a sequence from that movie, The Book of Life, the animated film. Mm-hmm. And uh, put them on, put some headphones on. Man, that was weird. I remember the first time. It I was awesome. On, I haven't done the Oculus, but again, years ago. Uh, we went to CES and they were showing off their virtual reality gear, and it's just trippy to put that stuff it on. It is. I, I would love to do more with it. I wish I knew more about it. Yeah. But, I mean, just to see stuff that's being shot in 3D and then converted and put into those helmets and you're looking at stuff, you know, and you're in control of it, it's just bizarrely I felt, weird. You know when you watch uh, kids play video games mm-hmm. and they have to, like, grasp with the concept of the controller and they're kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. trying to, like, turn yep. the controller to turn yep. the thing? I did that and I, with the headset on. Because you get in this place where I go, oh, I can see anything. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can just look around and anything's there. And so I actually tried to, like, 
I like moved my head to around to the side to try to look around the building. I'm like, oh dang, I can't do that. <laughs> but that was uh, you look down. And I saw this part of the body of the character I was. Yeah, you could yeah. look way down. You could see buildings. And there's particle system flying everywhere. I could look behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom took it off after, like, halfway through. She oh, said yeah, she, she got just dizzy. Gets dizzy and sick, yeah. Uh, but, man, when they talk about movies being in those things, oh, God, yeah. I, that'll be awesome. <laughs> Any, anything else that you thought was really cool? Um, no, I think we hit a lot of the... Oh, wait, uh, Red had a theater uh-huh. set up yeah. first thing i did the last day uh it was like a 40 seat theater mm-hmm. had a screen as big as the small ones yeah. down there on the show floor yeah they, they were all recliners yeah so i got the front row popped back on a recliner really quick and watched i don't know 12 minutes of red footage and who shot it because yeah, there's the year, a lot of different things the year that they were really big on their um on their red cameras uh the one we got to see was peter jackson had shot a 12 minute oh short. really on on the red, and this um, was ahead of uh, ahead of uh, the Hobbit stuff that he had done. Really, this it was, was really cool a lot see. of um, just people talking about the camera oh, a lot. Okay. They did show a guy working; he did some like doc stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. Canon had a theater set up. They went through a lot of their different filmmakers and showed footage of stuff. Their theater only just little black chairs. Yeah, a little yeah, disappointed yeah. in Canon in that, but you know, still great stuff. I was uh, I was impressed GoPro has ha- announced oh, this yes. uh, thing called HeroCast. Yeah, that, that was, was interesting to me because it is a uh wireless H- it's wireless broadcast. So basically yeah. you're taking the HD signal out of your GoPro, you're broadcasting it wirelessly to your switcher. Yeah. And I was really excited about this. I was like, "Oh god, uh you know, for years this is going to change the way mm-hmm. I mean, uh, university now with the new building and everything, they've upgraded to all this HD stuff. It's all great. They've got uh, UHF, uh, or no, maybe it's microwave. Uh, they've got all these uh, wireless transmitters for stuff. Mm. But they, they're they still too big to mount behind backboards or on field goals or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, oh, it'd be great if you could just uh, send that signal out from your GoPro. Yeah. And now they have this GoPro Hero Cast, which is just this little tiny back that it's basically the size of the battery back mm-hmm. that you can snap onto the back of your GoPro and transmit that wirelessly. Yeah. I was super excited about this. I was ready to plunk down money until I saw what the price yeah, was. It's very expensive. $7,500. Yeah. Now, did they say why is it because it's like sometimes, no. you know, sometimes you look at these things and you're like, oh, well, only the professionals are going to use this. Yeah. So we're going to jack it up to, uh, you know, I think they said that NHL. Is going to be the first NHL is using ESPN, all postseason. ESPN and NHL is going to be are going to be using these to bring POV shots to uh, the live television. Mm-hmm. So that may be part of the reason why they're jacking it up to seventy five hundred a unit. Yeah, gosh. but really, if these were five hundred dollars a unit, yeah. they would be selling millions of oh, them. I was because I, the, the presentation the presentation that they're talking about. It's like, oh yes, schools and churches will be able to use these things. It's like. What schools or churches no. are going to be able to afford seventy five hundred dollars yeah, for these? Because things? that was I saw that day. It was announced day one. Yeah, uh, I was going through all the news uh, like day two morning, mm-hmm. and I saw that like holy crap! I've got to go see this. That is the one thing I know that my company would totally put down the money for for football season. They really should. Uh, yeah, but not but at seventy five hundred. No, that's seventy five hundred dollars plus the receiver. Yeah, to get it. Uh, oh, you have to get a receiver too. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. So. But that thing is super interesting and needs... Because you imagine, you could hook one of those things up to a drone. Yeah. Forget blimps. Well, they have... Uh, DJI has LightBridge. That's uh, true. And so what LightBridge does is it takes that HD signal and broadcasts the HD signal. Yeah. And it's a clean signal, so you can send that over the air. So yeah. LightBridge is there. That's, That's already true. there. But um, um, 
But yeah, yeah, I would love to have one of these. This thing needs to be lower in price. And That's what I actually tweeted them the day they announced <laughs> it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Too bad it's so expensive. Yeah. If they could price it, because the GoPros are not $3,000 cameras. No, GoPros. $400 got, cameras. I have. You have like four on your desk. No, I have four on my desk. I have like <laughs> six or eight GoPros sitting around. Yeah. And I have six GoPros of the three and four variety because I've been doing some stuff um, capturing. 360 degree mm-hmm. stills for some 3D work that I've been doing. And they're great because I've 3D printed this little mount that will hold six of them and I can record a, you know, 360 degree video or capture these high mm-hmm. resolution stills that I can use as um, uh, projection maps and for um, lighting and stuff. Right. And so it made sense that I could go and spend $2,000 and get six of these GoPros as opposed to spending $3,000 to get the eight millimeter lens that I would need to get the same shot mm-hmm. at a lower resolution. Uh, so I just went that route. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's easy to just grab these GoPros. I mean, they sell them at Walmart for gosh yeah. sakes. <laughs> you know, just go and grab them off the shelf and throw them in. So yeah, I've got a couple of these sitting around. Yeah. I love them. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, this is... I wish that company would lower that price by a lot because they would sell so many of those things. I was looking for some things to... Um, even just getting these to my you know, some wireless broadcasting stuff, even if the, the Wi-Fi was a little bit better mm-hmm. without the delay to get the video, because when we're doing our finally Friday show or when we're doing the major spoilers of VIP stream, mm-hmm. it'd be so much easier to have, you know, three of these cameras sending out the wireless signal with zero delay and then bringing those into Wirecast and then just sending that out. But yeah. sadly, that's not quite there yet. Although the iPads and iPhones have an app in there now that you can uh, use to wirelessly transmit your signal back to the, Wirecast system. Oh yeah, so, that's nice. Yeah, I guess I, I'm a little disappointed in Telstream overall, but yeah, whatever. Well, that happens. What else, Zach? Besides that, do you man, look at any fancy lightings or microphones or anything like fancy that? Fancy lightings. Uh, what, what What did you take back to your boss to say? Here are the things that we definitely need to buy next year for us to do our work. Um. Well, that's an interesting question for me. That was pretty much just the new tech, uh, TriCaster Advanced Edition software. Uh, with the help of the streaming multiple sources mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. integration for bringing in like data sheets yeah, and yeah, yeah. of your graphics, which is really nice. Um, that's pretty much what I'll be pitching to them. I am I am making a uh, pitch, in, hopefully in the next week, about getting a drone. I have a plan <laughs> for that. Uh, besides that, um, which, not much. Which kind of drone are you going to get? Uh, well, that's up to them. <laughs> you got to take them down. You, you know, I'll be more than happy to pull out my drone and show them what my yeah. drone can do. And then I'm sure we can go down to the university and look at their uh, oh, S900. No, that's not gonna, that's not the bill. It's either going to be a uh, probably either. A, well, that a way fan- they have a comparison. Yeah, they true. can they can look at mine and go, well, it's a little windy, and so even with the gimbal, it's still yeah. a little shaky and maybe not that good. But oh, that S900 is able to handle these uh, conditions without a problem. <laughs> I did see. Let's buy five of them. Zach. I don't know. Yeah. Good job. Here's a promotion. I ah, don't wait. know what. Uh, I don't remember what company it was, but they had a nice drone next to the DJI booth, and the guy was uh, he pulled, pushed, put the controller from my face to show off the gimbal. Yeah, and is a is a is bigger than the DJI. So yeah. it's a pretty big, a little bit bigger drone. And he starts whipping that thing. It's like, foof, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But on that screen, that was whoo, yeah. rock steady. It was, it was an impressive system. So uh, I got this uh, little thing. It's the, um, what is this, uh, Tech? Fuji Tech? I forget what it is. Mm-hmm. It is a little, and they, they make these for not just the GoPro, 
uh, but this is the G3 Ultra that I got for my GoPro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were talking about the Ronins and the Movies and everything. They make these for like the G3s, the little tiny uh, Lumix type cameras. Yep. This little uh, three axis gimbal is amazing in what it can do as far as keeping the the camera level. Mm-hmm. I was running around on Easter Sunday following my youngest as he ran around the yard picking up the uh, the eggs. Mm-hmm. And I watched this later and this is smooth Good. as butter. So how many of these did you see? I saw on the show a lot for? of those handheld uh, gimbal systems for GoPros. All of your iPhones, those were a big deal. I, I mean, I probably saw seven different models. They all look pretty much the same thing, but they're yeah, all yeah. just little handheld gimbals to attach a GoPro or your iPhone to, um, which is incredible. Yeah, because they're, they're really fun. I mean, this is like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, but. that's what they're mostly. I think priced around is probably like two fifty to three fifty. If we had a little bit more. Um we had a little bit more technical expertise. You know, these brushless gimbals, a lot of these things you can cobble together off of just parts that oh, you really? can get online cheap. Hmm. And then you send it to China and they make them even cheaper and then send them here. I even got an extension bar uh, for this. Yeah, it looks fun. That will let me take it up at like six field. I, I, was, I was going to this weekend. I definitely will. I think yeah. on Sunday, I'm going to try to do it and, and do some shots that way because it's, it's really impressive what you can do. And that'd be because those are so light. You can even flip that upside down mm-hmm. and run it right next to the ground and then flip mm-hmm. the video and post. Well, I mean, you don't even have to do that because you can take this down to the ground yeah. on this oh, thing. I guess and true, because right? it's because of the, uh, gimbal. the gimbal, it yeah. keeps it upright. That's a good point. And so you can take this all the way down, literally to the ground, up to the ceiling, and it's mm-hmm. going to stay perfectly balanced throughout. So I was just curious how many of those that you saw, what you saw other people different, using. Uh, different forms. That some of them had like the joystick control, yeah, where you could do some pans oh, yeah, yeah, and tilts and stuff. Uh-huh. Also, um, some of them were always just in follow mode. Uh, so those you feel like were like a hot item besides the drones. Really, those so, were kind of all over the place. Yeah. So you were sad to come back and have to do major spoilers work. I was a little sad to have to come back, especially we all get on our flight. I had a was an eight o'clock flight out of Vegas mm-hmm. on the airplane. Eight PM or eight a.m. Uh, eight a.m. Oh, okay. So I was I left MGM at about five forty-five. Yeah. yeah. Um, get on our plane. They go half full plane. I had a whole row to myself. Uh, it was crazy. They get on the intercom. And I go, okay, I'm about to take off. Uh, just let you know, uh, it is uh, 30, it Denver. is 36 degrees in Denver and snowing. <laughs> we'll have a great flight. Yeah. Like, oh, curse you! So I had to scrape snow off my car when I got. Back. Oh, because you drove to Denver, right? Yeah, I drove oh, okay. to Denver. I didn't get a fly out of Hayes because um, man, the worst thing about flying from Hayes. Hayes is great that that it has a regional airport the new and that you can f- and. Yeah, and a new carrier, yeah. which is all awesome. But the problem is, in order to make your connecting flights to anywhere you need to go, you need to, like, leave Las Vegas at, you know, 5 o'clock in yeah. the morning, fly to Denver, wait six hours, get on your flight that goes from yeah. uh, Denver to Hayes. That's the only thing. And it, that is that. Or, and when you're leaving from Hayes, you may miss your connecting flight because there's only, like, yeah. an hour to 20 minutes to get over to the next terminal. The good thing about our carrier now, and this has nothing to do with NAB, is that it's all United. Yeah. So you can book all three United. All through, so yeah. I tried to push for that, but they were like, how much extra is it? I'm $500. Like, $500. Like, oh, we'll give you a company car and you can drive to Denver. Well, at least you got a company car. I got a company car, so it was nice. So that was not too bad. All yeah. right. Well, Zach, we're glad to have you back. Yes. Hope you got some uh, re-energized. I am uh, super pumped. Good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Now you can say, hey, I'm doing all this stuff that people are showing off at NAB. I'm doing it right here at Major Spoilers. Woo! Talking about film, shooting film, 
editing all this stuff. Doing it. Steven's buying me a red. I wish. (laughs) I've thought about it. Maybe if we had more, a few more VIPs, we could do that. Yeah, we'll uh, buy a red. (laughs) Yeah, we'll buy a red. Actually, we got a project. I've got a project nailed down of, I know that it's just a little fan video thing, fun video thing that ties into the flash. And some people have looked at my private YouTube channel Mm-hmm. already kind of know what I've been working on, yeah. but I want to take it to do a whole big sequence. Well, you know, I was talking to the people at uh, Adorama, the yeah, yeah. shop out of New York. Like, mm-hmm. They're like, where are you from? I'm like, Kansas. Like, well, you know, we'll send rentals out. Yeah. So and I actually Pro, got on there the other Lens day. Pro to go it's not that bad. Lens Pro to go is in Denver. Oh, yeah. And so we can get all the lenses and kits that we need mm-hmm. uh, from them as well. Yeah, I was actually surprised at the rental prices. Not bad. Not bad. Could What's mean, Adorama? What are they charging? Um, I think, for like a red and stuff, I think like 150 350 a day. That's not bad. But no. see, two of those days are shipping, so you have to pay for that, right? I don't know if you did. Okay. Because for this thing, I really need to have something that will do more than 120 frames a second. I need something oh. that will do a little bit faster than that so that when we slow it down, yeah, it, uh, and I think red will do Red it. would be the... Yeah. Certainly, the company to do it, you'd have to shoot. You probably you'd probably have to get one of their like the dragon, probably, and then shoot it at 1080. Well, yeah, I don't mind shooting it down to yeah. 1080. I don't need to shoot something in no. 4K, but I need something that I can ramp up to, you know, a thousand frames a second, and then ramp yeah. it down to four frames a second without a lot of tearing or, or having to use a plug-in to uh, get a lot of wacky blur and yeah. stuff going on. I mean, I so. did see a lot of super high-speed cameras. There were movie. some there. Yeah, have you ever watched that? Have you watched that channel on YouTube that does the, uh, oh, the high-speed heck videos? yeah, I love those things. I think they're, they're using a red. I think they're using Are a they red. Are they really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, well, that's cool stuff. Uh, the same things coming on. Well, Zach, thank you so much. Yeah, and, thank you, uh, Zach on film, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode and that talk between Steven and I. Uh, like we talked about on the show, if you ever have an interest of going to NAB, there are a lot of ways that you could get onto the show for for free pretty much every day. All the companies, like we said, give out these codes where you can sign up for a free uh, uh, hall pass, essentially, and uh, you can just walk the show floor. You're not going to be go into any of the sessions or speakers. It's a whole lot. There's even like a whole... Academy almost that's a part of NAB that I didn't go to that have people that actually teach classes over software and how to use After Effects and Premiere and Avid and all sorts of crazy stuff teach you uh, film editing theory I know one of the editors from the PBS show Frontline was there talking about animating uh, documentaries and using graphics documentaries all that stuff there you're not going to be able to get into that but you will be getting the show floor and get your hand on some gear and that's a lot of fun that's what I spent most of my time doing I enjoyed oh, I enjoyed it so much so uh, next year, I'm sure it'll be in April again. If you want to go, uh, look out for that. It's totally be easy ways to get it. Next week, I don't know what the topic will be. We're getting close to the summer movie marathon on Zach on Film, where we're going to be watching a lot of movies and theaters and talk about them and review them. Get a whole lot of different people on the show. It should be a whole lot of fun. Looking forward to it. God, we'll obviously kick off with Avengers Age of Ultron. That releases on May 1st. I don't know when the episode released. I don't think it'll be May 1st. I think it'll probably be... May 8th, the week after that, so everyone has a chance to get to the theater and watch the, the movie before we talk about it, because they haven't seen the movie, it's going to be hard to talk about. Uh, so you make sure, it also gives you time to watch the film and send your thoughts in on the movies, uh, either through uh, an email to Zach at MajorSplorers.com, through tweets at, at ZWolf, comments in the episode pages at MajorSplorers.com, or you could also send... Uh, your own voice through an audio clip, much like James did two weeks ago, 
Uh, that's always enjoyable. Way better. Uh, I don't have your voice, so if you have your voice reading your thoughts, it just you know it's just better because I'm not great at reading or talking, as you probably know. So uh, that'll be I think I'll probably do. We'll give a week delay on all the movies we watch, so everyone can get their thoughts in, and we can all join in on the conversation. So that'll be two weeks. Next week we'll be back with another show, another topic. It'll be good old fun. It'll be all about film, and hopefully uh, we'll all just have a big old happy family. I don't know what that meant. I gotta go. Uh, we'll see you next week. Podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.